What is up, everyone? Welcome to Toffee Blues USA, your source for all things Everton, American style. Uh, I'm Jerry Gibson, coming to you from, uh, it's not the normal spot. It's, it's uh, yeah, I'm just going to say, it. it's my bedroom. It's not my normal recording space, but I've adjusted because, uh, I don't know, I, I just felt like it was important for everybody to know what we're saying. So, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in bed and just relaxed. And guess what? I'm enjoying a nice uh, saison from, uh, yeah, Schoolhouse Brewing in Georgia. So yeah, let's do it. All right. So joining me today, this is a, this is a cool occasion because we've got a new friend. Friend. Uh, so we've got Mike Sprogue joining us from uh, Baltimore, Maryland. Mike, it's good to, it's good to meet you. Nice to meet you too, Jerry. I appreciate uh, you inviting a stranger into your bedroom. That's uh, yes. not necessarily what was maybe taught to me in uh, in grade school, but um, I think it's a it's a bold choice. Let's see how it works out for us uh, this uh, this evening. I, I I'm a huge fan of Mike already. Everybody, I'm just gonna say it. Um, so so Mike, if you could uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, what well, what do you do? Like, what do you do up in Baltimore, man? Uh, generally as little as possible. <laughs> I, uh, I, I have the great, uh, fortune or misfortune, depending on the day of, of actually working for myself. I have a, um, a payments technology company. So I provide, uh, the platforms for small businesses to process, uh, payments. If you need to invoice, mm -hmm. process a credit card transaction, electronic check, that sort of thing. So I get to work with a, a bunch of, uh, entrepreneurs and business owners, um, to help them run their businesses. Yeah, awesome. You know, uh, I think the closest I ever came to that particular world was uh, at a time I worked for uh, a company called Global Payments, and uh, which before was Merchant Services, and basically we were credit card equipment. You know, you know, and that's and I I worked in the warehouse in inventory, and I was just pulling a, pulling orders essentially deployments. That was what I was in. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly. Uh, Global is a is a, a very large player in that space. I'm I'm just a tiny little solo shop. Um, I've worked for some of the the bigger uh, businesses and um, kind of took what I could learn. And um, kind of before that, I was in um, restaurants and and some other entrepreneurial uh, areas, and um, really enjoy the the ability to to work with uh with the smaller folks to uh to help their businesses and that's uh that's what i, I get a lot of i get a lot of joy out of that so that's what i was going to ask i was going to say what drew you to that but that's that you've already answered that's awesome that uh the uh so helping out the smaller businesses and the personal connections yeah yeah absolutely very, very cool yeah i that all makes sense uh so what what doesn't make sense to a lot of people when i'm in america and actually, it's when I'm in England, like I recently was in England, and I probably what I heard the most was, why Everton? Mm. Why, why yeah. Everton? So let's, if you could talk to us about your, uh, your Everton history, if you will. Yes, yeah, so uh, the 2010 World Cup, 
um, I, at the time, had, uh, had a restaurant and we were showing games um, in the restaurant and built up a lot of excitement in our little community here in Baltimore over it. And uh, I have a very good friend who is uh, Algerian. And that was the game where Landon slid in with that goal uh, at the very end, the dagger. Um, I actually got to, to uh, keep his Algerian flag for a week that he had been flying out in front of his restaurant. So um, we, had a, we had a great crowd for that. And after the tournament, we, we had a lot of people asking us to play uh, Premier League games and they had just started being shown in the US on, on kind of regular broadcast TV you could get them and um, I was like great I, I'm all for it let's let's do it um, I don't have a team right it, it, that the Premier League was something I had seen I was aware of you know Wayne Rooney and I was aware of Beckham and Ronaldo and, and kind of the big names that you would see but yeah. um, I didn't have any affiliation for any any of the teams and so I was talking to uh, one of the guys that worked for me, Ricky Johnson. Ricky, if you see this, hi there. And uh, he's a big Chelsea fan. And I was like, I want to, I want to get a team, but I don't want to have like what everybody's team is. And he was like, All right, well, um, what, what, who do you want to support? And I said, Well, what, what part of England is a lot like Baltimore? What, what part is a lot, you know, that that working class spirit, the little maybe a little yes. chip on our shoulder that kind of gets ignored. Nobody really knows where it is if you're not from, you know, the country. Uh, he's like, oh, definitely Liverpool. You want to be a Liverpool fan? I was like, oh, okay, I, I, I'll be a Liverpool fan. And he was like, well, hold on a second. Um, you're a Yankee fan. I was like, yeah. He's like, weren't you born in the Bronx? I was like, yeah, life, lifelong Yankee fan. He's like, you can't, you can't cheer for Liverpool. I was like, all right, well, why not? He's like, the, the Red Sox on Liverpool. And I was like, oh, well, F that. <laughs> F that. Who's their rival? And he goes, they play across the park from this team called Everton. I was like, I'm an Evertonian. And it was that moment on. Never looked back. I've had some moments of regret. <laughs> yeah. But from that moment on, um, I picked Everton. And then, uh, you know, Landon had his spell uh, with us. Uh, and Tim, obviously, I've got my, my classic Tim Howard camouflage in the background here um fell in love deeply with the club and and with what we stand for and how we go and, and approach things and um and it has been a great great ride and and look not the best 10 year stretch we've had um you know losing david moyes our very mm -hmm. brief adventure in europe uh that one year where we basically had a cup of tea and and, and departed um and, and then the, the carousel, right? That, that absolute nightmare scenario that we've been in the, the past few years, trying to find who's the guy for us to take us to that next level. Um, so um, yeah, that's been really my, my Everton uh, journey. Um, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough here that the, the early games for me are only 7.30. I know that the, the guys on the West Coast uh, suffer through that. And and, and legitimately wake up early. So I'm, I'm, I feel blessed that we don't have to do that too much, but mm -hmm. um, I've been fortunate to be able to, uh, to, to watch a lot of soccer. And um, it has been a deeply rewarding club to cheer for. And, um, you know, we talked a little bit before we started about some of the things the club has done to, to kind of pay back that loyalty. And, um, and, and it's been absolutely worthwhile, so. Yeah, so we'll get into that here just to, just a bit because it's definitely a good story 
um, on behalf of the club. Uh, so um, who's your, so we talked about how you got into Everton, uh, which, which player like your throughout the time you've been supporting Everton, which player do you feel like is uh, the closest to the embodiment of Mike Sprogue's personality? Oh, personality. Uh-huh. Oh man. Um, I, I love Tim. Like I, I love Tim Howard and um, you know, the, the dream is to finally get to meet him a little bit. Um, he played when he was with Colorado, he came and played it in, in DC at Audi field. And it was my first chance to get to see him live. And uh, you know, I fangirled over him hard that the entire half that he was on our side. So, you know, uh, I, I'd be hard pressed to say that, uh, that, that um, somebody that, you know, really lives that, that the, the, the goal to try to work hard, but stay humble. Um, you know, obviously I, we all struggle in America with the stay humble part. Um, but he's a guy that went over to uh, really an alien environment when I think Fridell had been almost one of the only other guys that had found some success uh, in gulping over there and really worked his ass off to, to become something special. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that 2014, that Belgian game, um, you know, just brought me to tears what he was able to do in, in such a magical night. And it, look, it didn't work out for us in the, in the, in the end. Um, but a guy who left everything on the field uh, for the club, um, certainly for the national team, for, for us here. And, uh, you know, would love to be able to shake his hand one day and, you know, and just say hi and, and thanks for all those wonderful memories. You know, that, that farewell game, well, that was rough. You know, him in the black kit, you know, clapping and, and walking around and uh, just Everton giving him so much love um, on his last day. And um, yeah, I'll, ne I'll never forget that. So um, it certainly came in because and was attracted to the fact that we brought uh, an American into the club and, and supported him. But but his play and his intensity um, and his focus was always something that I, that I've absolutely admired. Nice. Who, uh, out of the current crop of players, who's your, who's your player you connect with the most now? Like that's a current player. The guy that I, there's, there's two from this year that have really uh, stood out to me. Uh, Seamus Coleman, pardon me. Um, getting on later in his career, asked to do a tremendous amount for the club and, and a guy that will bury himself physically. He will leave the field broken ble bleeding um for this club with no nothing asked in return uh he's a guy that um will show up every time he's asked to come on the on the field he will give a hundred percent intensity um he will get into you know he's not that big of a dude he'll take Traore on he'll he'll <laughs> he'll stare down some some giant um he'll put it all out there he doesn't you know when he's on the field he's a monster he's our monster and he goes for it a hundred percent. Somebody else this year that really stood out to me that that I have been critical of in years past uh, that I think has made a remarkable turnaround is Alex Awobi. Um, yep. The amount, the amount of criticism and just press and Twitter and Facebook and and Reddit posts that have been anti Awobi 
you know, I, I don't know if he pays attention to any of that stuff. You got to think it filters back. You mm-hmm. got to think that, it, that he's at least aware of how people thought he was overrated. And, and you know, certainly under Rafa, he didn't didn't do anything for us and, and, and kind of suffered under Carlo, too, where he was not he wasn't great. Um, he seems to have really found a connection with Frank where he's become this really invaluable uh, source of stability through the midfield and you know his finesse and his touch uh bringing the ball forward has been incredible and then he's hauling ass to get back on defense and he's he's becoming what i think a lot of us would have hoped he would have been the very first day um you know if if i had to give like a, a superlative award most most improved I definitely would go to him um i've heard he's that really i've heard that himself. And uh, it has just impressed me. And the fact that he's done it in the face of the criticism, in the face of all of the, the negativity, and, and in, quite frankly, a year where if I'm a professional footballer, I'm starting to question, like, why am I even here? Like, this is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. This is a nightmare scenario. You know, we, we were at the beginning of the season talking about, you know, top six, and now we're talking about how do we get out of the bottom three? So the, the, the season did not go well for those guys to – to have the, the the courage and the the mental toughness to to stick through that, and to continue to go out and work hard, and get faster, and to get your passes better, and to get, you know, to buy into a, a new manager system, and you know, halfway through the season, really incredible. And and I I think we're lucky to have him, and I hope I know that we're going to go through a ton of roster change here in the next few weeks. Um, I, I certainly hope Alex. Is, is wearing our kit next year and, and is uh, is out there uh, to take us forward. Oh, yeah. And I think we definitely need to delve into uh, that when we, we, we talk about, uh, give our season thoughts and our thoughts about Lampard's performance and everything, because there's definitely something to be said for, uh, uh, especially a player like Awobi, the way they've improved under Lampard. It's been, been impressive. Um, so let's move on to your supporters group. Um, so give us a little bit about uh, the Baltimore Toffees, uh, where, where you folks like to meet up, give a little history of the group, and then we'll get a little deeper. Well, I am relatively uh, late to the Baltimore Toffees. Um, for the longest time, I was coaching and going to uh, kid soccer uh, early on Saturday morning. And so often I would have to watch games, you know, either on, on DVR or kind of after or between um, kid practices. Uh, I got, <laughs> I was at a, I was at one of my daughter's uh, practices on a, on a Saturday morning when um, uh, Jackie Elke hit that uh, equalizer against Liverpool from, you know, from, from beyond the moon. And I, was screaming i was holding my ipad and, and watching the game on the sideline and I, I got yelled at by the ref for that so uh they just didn't understand no uh, did did get did get some weird looks from the other parents uh <laughs> so um the the group formed around uh, a couple guys aj rosenthal and, and jt delaney mm-hmm. who um kind of took the lead in kind of coalescing the group um, we in this past year decided to take the next step um, from just kind of being a loose association of, of 
individuals that love this club and will get together occasionally. And, and we actually set up some uh, organization. We incorporated in the state of Maryland as a charitable organization, um, went through the process. We've got um, uh, an EIN from the IRS and um, all of the documents to prove that we're a, we're a real boy, if, if you will. And um, we have decided that as we go forth and, and um, continue, we want to really embrace the, the, the club's value of giving back to the community and being invested in the community that we are. So um, we've been able to have a series of fundraisers this past year. Obviously, COVID maybe dampened some of that. Um, we were able to donate uh, $600 to our local chapter of NAMI, which is the National Association for Mental Illness. Um, it's a, a topic that's near and dear to a lot of our hearts. Mm -hmm. And certainly through COVID, I think a lot of us are more familiar with mental illness now <laughs> than we were probably two years ago. Uh, certainly no one's getting out of this thing entirely unscathed. Um, and, and, and thought it was important to, you know, as we were, you know, getting together and having a great time to also um, be reaching out and be fully invested in the in the values of, of what Everton are. Uh, in the community, active giving back. Um, uh, would now be a good time to talk about um, what happened earlier this year? So Mike, um, so talk to me about a little bit about the, uh, what you were going to uh, delve into when the club stepped in and helped out uh, Baltimore Toffees. Yeah, so sadly, uh, earlier this year in Baltimore, there was a, a really tragic, um, accident during a, uh, a fire that had broken out one of, uh, one of our, our row houses here in town. And um, four firefighters uh, were tragically killed when the, the floor collapsed. And uh, it, it's, a big, uh, it's a big hit. You know, we are, uh, we're a city, but we're really much more of a, of a small town. And, and so something like that, where you, know, you lose um, four people who have dedicated their lives to, to protecting and, and serving the community is a, uh, it's just a huge loss, and, and we had some um, uh, we had some watch parties that were coming up, and we decided that we would, um, as a supporters group uh, in Baltimore, um, kind of rally around and, and try to do some fundraising around that to um, to raise some funds for the widows and an orphan fund that the Baltimore City Fire Department uh, administers for for this these types of occasions and. Um, as we were in the middle of our planning and, and starting to put some social media out, um, the team actually reached out to us, the, the folks that do fan engagement. Um, we, we hadn't thought to bother them. You know, we were, you know, five, six weeks into the new management. We, we certainly didn't think that they were paying any attention to what we were up to. And um, they, they couldn't have been more wonderful in, in asking in, in a way that, the, that they could help in, in, in anything. And, um, the team sent over uh, a, a jersey signed by all the players of the of the first team. Um, they were able to do this incredibly quickly. They were got got it organized and got it done and got it to us. And we were able to organize a watch party um, at our our our, our local uh, our local home base, a little little bar called Regionale over in the Canton section of Baltimore. When you visit, uh, go see Kevin over at Regionale. They take wonderful care of us. And um, we were able to drive a lot of engagement through that and, and actually um, host a raffle that we opened up to uh, both the nation and we even had some donations come in from Liverpool 
and attached to them were, hey, I don't want to, I don't want to win the shirt, just want to help support what you guys are up to. Uh, and we were able to raise in, in maybe like 10 days, uh, $2,600 for the uh, Widows uh, and Children's Fund uh, in, in Baltimore. And it was incredibly touching for the team to, to be able to not only pay attention to what we're up to, and to feel that there's this connection and this sense of, uh, hey, we're all in this together and um, your community is hurting and, and we can do a, a small part in, in our way to do that. And um, uh, the day of the game that, that we did the, the drawing, um, we had the head of the fire union come out and coincidentally, um, a, a fire engine worth of guys was uh, across the parking lot uh, picking up doing grocery shopping so he ran over grabbed those guys they came in the bar with us they were hanging out for the for the drawing uh they were asking us where is everton <laughs> what what sport is this um but those guys were able to hang out with us for a little bit and um i think they were blown away by the fact that you know this group that they've never heard of supporting a team they've never heard of in a sport that they probably don't watch were able to um help in a time that they were all going through some uh, just some, some terrible times and um, it, it was incredibly meaningful for us to know that um, the team cares and the team cares about us they care about what we're going through and um, you know as much as we scream and complain and whine um, there are some absolutely wonderful wonderful people uh, in our organization that um, that make this a, a truly special club yeah. so I can't say enough good things about uh, about what the club was able to do first there. And um, I'll tell you, we, we can't release too many plans about what's coming up for their visit to Baltimore, but um, they have been absolutely wonderful to work with and um, and really um, energetic and excited to, to be here. Um, and, I, you know, I'll be honest, you tell some folks like, hey, we're going to go visit Baltimore. You don't always get the most enthusiastic response. <laughs> Hey kids, we're going to Baltimore. We're probably just above Cleveland on the excitement level. Apologies to Ohio. Uh, but uh, they are really excited to, to come and to, uh, to share uh, this weekend with us. And, um, and we're looking forward to it. Well, come on, Mike. We all, we all would like to flee to the Cleve whenever we can. It's... <laughs> Uh, so, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll say I was very psyched when I heard Baltimore was on the list because that's actually pretty close to where, uh, to where I am. You know, that's, that's like a, you know, seven hour drive for us, something like that. It's not bad. It's not bad at all. Um, yeah. so yeah, uh, I figure out if I can see I'm, I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to be in Orlando, Florida during that week. It's going to be a tough one. And it stinks. Yeah, it, it's a it's a good time to send your wife uh, on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> and apologize well, for <laughs> just just leave in the middle of it. And be like, I yeah. know I'm supposed to be here for the rest of this. Um, I'm gonna go get a Dole Whip. Uh, I'll be back <laughs> <laughs> two days later. <laughs> oh man, uh, I need I need you to kind of plan my life, Mike. Let's work on this. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, so obviously, you know, you, you mentioned uh, Everton preseason plan. They're, they're, they're coming to Baltimore and they're also going to be in uh, Minnesota. Um, first matches with uh, Arsenal, second ones, I think, uh, some Minnesota United. Um, yeah. yeah, so uh, vastly, 
No, they're totally similar opponents. <laughs> they're just photocopies of each other, really. Um, yeah, it's very, very different viewing experiences, I would expect. Uh, vastly different. Um, I think totally different types of, uh, uh, I guess, um, stadium experiences and totally different teams they'll be playing against. It's interesting. It's, it's a, it's a, I'll be, I'd, I'd really love to uh, hear the, like, this is why we did this, you know, because I always love to hear the why, you know, because you can kind of make some assumptions about a few things, I think, um, with Inchi being in the Minnesota area, you know, like, so got that connection a little bit but uh in baltimore is like east coast and you know it i feel like i feel like not a lot of people understand it's a it's a good soccer town there's a lot of good youth youth soccer clubs there yeah we we've we've got if you see the the um we've got a great local uh soccer writer uh he, he works out of the washington post steve goff and he'll post the kind of the viewing numbers for um, MLS games, women's World Cup games, men's games. And Baltimore's always in the top five. Um, if you combine it with, you know, Baltimore, D.C., we're, we're number one for viewing um, almost every time. Um, mm -hmm. Certainly in the in the National League uh, or, or the national team uh, setting. Um, so we're we are a, a really strong soccer town. Um, mm -hmm. Every club that I'm aware of has a supporters group that is based here in, in town and have their own separate little bars. Wow. Um, we, I didn't know um, that. Wow. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. We've got a, a number. We, we, you know, I know where the Liverpool bar is. I know where the Manchester United bar is the Arsenal bar. Like everybody's got kind of their own little piece of, of turf mm -hmm. carved out. Um, we're going to be looking to um, kind of grow our presence uh, before the next season. We, we, <laughs> we've been making some plans, but then, but then the club, the, 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 the team decided that we might not be in the premier league. So we had to like hold off on what we were planning. Cause we were like, oh. we don't really want to take the lead in planning something. If we're the one championship side, like, Hey guys, let's get together. And everybody's like, you don't even go here. Who are you? <laughs> go find Swansea and, and shut up. Um, so it, we really relieved that we get to we get to stay at the at, at the level we're at and, uh, and 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 move on from there. But um, yeah, we're gonna try to do some some cross supporter group events. And um, cool. you know, the the one thing I know is soccer people uh, in the U.S. are great people. Um, there have been you know limited times where um, we've been traveling where you know, at a DC United match where there's some guys who are looking to fight, but, but they're not really soccer fans. They, they're fight fans. They came out looking to get drunk and get into a fight. Yep. Uh, it's got nothing to do with the game. It's got nothing to do with the supporter culture. And um, the folks who are here that, that will support a team that will show up at seven 30 in the morning at a, at a bar in, in downtown uh, always wonderful people. And um, so we're looking to, uh, to kind of, um, cross some uh, cross some of the groups together and and yeah. and do some do some fun stuff uh, with everybody and and this event I think uh, the team coming to Baltimore is a, a great catalyst for that because we're going to get to show everybody what a great city Baltimore is yeah. a great soccer town um, I wish that the Ravens who uh, are administering the tickets had let us have some input on, on, on to how the tickets were to be distributed. 
because we're going to be mixed in. We tried to take over one of the end zones. Um, we put the call out as soon as tickets opened. We said, hey, you know, go to go to this certain section. Let's try to buy as many tickets as we can. So we'll have a healthy concentration of blue mm-hmm. in the uh, east end zone. Um, but it's it, there was no uh, and, you know, being a, a supporter in MLS, we've been able to like when you go on the road, you know where you're sitting. It's, it's in the nosebleed. It's way yeah. up there and it's you know, it's not, uh, the seats aren't great, but you're all sitting together. Yeah. Um, this, this experience will be a little, a, a little strange because it'll be Everton, Arsenal fans all mixed in together, casual soccer fans, kids that, you know, have seen these guys play on TV and have no interest in, in either club, but they just want to see a, a good soccer game. So, yeah. um, should be a great time. Yeah. Should be a great time. Yeah, it's funny. Like, uh, my buddy is a massive hockey fan, a massive, American football fan. He loves the Rangers, loves the Giants. And he didn't understand why there were supporter sections, like specific, why they separated them. And I was like, well, in other countries, it doesn't go so well when you when you put them in the same immediate area. It kind of it, it gets pretty explosive. Here in the States, though, it does it just doesn't happen as much. Um, I think it you just gotta i think there's maybe certain places where notorious for having a a little more fighting uh than others but, you gotta show yeah. them the moat at azteca and be like hey they they dug a moat for a reason that's that's you know, they really did it oh my gosh yeah yeah that's that's the main thing is trying to explain that you know but uh so yeah but that's everybody is talking about like right now on Twitter. If, if you're, if you're, if you're all you people out there, um, people are already making their plans. Uh, they're already figuring out who they're going to meet up with. Uh, it's, it's like last summer, part two, a lot of people had a lot of fun. And if you're thinking about going, but you've been nervous about it, I would say, I think you, I, I, I think it's one of those things where you're going to walk away feeling closer to the club if you go and you're going to have a lot there's going to be some human connection you didn't have before it's just such a welcoming fan base to kind of to kind of get together with these folks the stories i heard about last year in florida um yeah it it sounds like a blast um and who knows we may win another trophy (laughs) we got one last time you know i mean who knows we can call it the Charm City Cup, and uh, we're happy to award it to the, the blue team. <laughs> yes, let's do it. Let's do it, Mike. Make it make it happen, Mike. <laughs> couple of, couple of old 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 bay tins. We'll we'll weld them together, make a trophy out of them. Love this. This is a this is a this plane cannot lose. Um, <laughs> so so anyway, uh, so hopefully we'll get more information as we go. I I definitely don't want to put Mike in any uncomfortable position of telling information before he's supposed to, because, but just think the, the wealth of knowledge that, that, that sits in this man's brain, he just not allowed to share with us just yet. It's... So what, what I can share is that we are definitely gonna have uh, an event Friday night uh, yeah. that will feature a, an ambassador from the club. And um, the team is committed to making that something really special. Um, and we're identifying venues now and going, working with them to find a, a place. Um, I, I'll tell you that we had, 
experience of like, hey, how about this place? And like, bigger. I'm like, how about this place? And they're like, no, bigger. How about this place? Like, well, you're getting close. Wow. So our kind of understanding and scope of, of what this is going to be has really uh, has grown over the past uh, week or wow. so. And, and I'll tell you that we are very, very excited. Um, we've got a, a fantastic uh, Baltimore Toffee member, Alan Brody, who has kind of spearheaded uh, the efforts here and, and has done just a tremendous job uh, in finding us uh, resources in and around town uh, to, mm -hmm. to do some things. And um, uh, Peter Hanna, another one of our members, is uh, our contact with the fire department and uh, has put us in touch with our, our game day base, which is gonna be over at the, uh, the Union Fire Hall. Um, so that we can, that we can share, um, but there's gonna be a lot more going on um, that is still in the works. Uh, the team is still um, putting together their final touches. Um, as you can imagine, everybody's working kind of overtime to, to make this thing uh, happen in the five weeks that we've got until we're, all together that feels really short amount of time yeah oh um, but uh but boy we are we are absolutely excited and um i i you know in, in just the conversations we've had with the club um they are committed to doing something really special here and um boy it's uh it, it's a it's a it's a bit of a dream come true i i never thought i was going to get to see uh, everton play until i i got over to to liverpool and, and yeah. got to goodison um so to have this opportunity now is just it's just tremendous uh especially in town yeah that is just uh that's that sounds amazing i can't imagine the meetings y'all are having where you're just kind of like oh, this is so cool you know but also you're able to sit there and you're able to contribute just as much because you're suggesting locations you're kind of representatives for for your community um just very uh, it's just very cool that's and I, I feel like Everton's making uh, it's just some smart moves doing this. I think it's just very smart on their on their behalf. So it's seems like uh, you know, although not everything is going great on the field, you know, stuff like this is okay. That's hey, great. we ended we ended strong, man. That's all that counts. We hey. got everything done we needed to get done. By the way, Oof. seamless transition into the go. next segment seamless uh so we should at least we haven't really been able to to meet and discuss the season at all you know on the show at all so uh let's hmm. mike try not to get too worked up but just give it give us some brief thoughts and then i'll toss you some questions that are probably super softball for you and i'll just let you run Okay, uh, look, uh, I'm looking back on the results now because I don't have everything memorized, mostly because I blocked most of yeah. February to the end of April out. That's a good way to be, Mike. Uh, uh, so I'm just looking over some of some of the things. You know, we 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 take down Leeds three nothing, and then we drop two to Southampton. Um, you know, Man City we're expected to to win. Uh, and then we go to Spurs and get annihilated. And I think that that was when I started to worry that we actually didn't have anything left. Yeah. Uh, because that I, I do remember that match as being 
particularly awful in, in the fact that we just didn't seem to be able to get anything together. Um, uh, drop the next one to Wolves and then somehow clawed one back against Newcastle. Um, and, and then go, we dropped to West Ham, we dropped to Burnley and we beat Man United. Like it, it the season made no sense. Where we no. were supposed to get points, we gave them away. Uh, where there were supposed to be nothing, um, we, we managed to, to pull something out. Um, the draw at Leicester, obviously the result at Liverpool, which I'm still salty about, man. It just, it wasn't, it wasn't right. The calls weren't right. Um, the, the, the refereeing around this season, you know, we, we managed to get the apology after the Manchester City match, but it felt like we were paying for it for the rest of the year. Like, yeah, you made us look bad because we picked up that call so bad. Mm -hmm. So we're going to make you pay for this with every other call that you get. And that, it, it didn't that, feel like that, man. It really, that did. derby was, was, uh, you know, I, I don't even know how they feel good about, about winning that one. Um, I've got some very good friends who are, who are reds and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll jab each other. They were muted after that one. They, they weren't, you know, singing too too much about that um when i thought when i thought that we were going down uh was the um the brentford loss um that was kind of my darkest point of the season when we when we let them come back and um and take those points away that we desperately needed knowing that we had mm -hmm. palace and arsenal as the only two uh, things left I, I didn't see what i needed to see on the field and i went into that palace game absolutely crushed. i canceled appointments i i missed mm -hmm. a i missed the networking meeting that morning so that i could prepare for crystal palace on that thursday and um god the heart that this team showed um the incredible, you know, kind of coming off of coming off of Pickford's performance against Chelsea to, to give us that clean sheet. I figured we'd have some ability to, to get it back. I thought we'd lost it all with Brentford, but then for them to claw back like that um, and, and the absolute iconic goals that, that came from that, that palace win uh, to take us to safety and um I was, I was in tears in my kitchen. I was running around the place. I was watching everybody, you know, storm the pitch. I, I, it, and, and kudos to NBC for sticking with us. Stayed with it. And for showing what it meant because, you know, very rarely in American sports do we get something that means this much. And this is the battle to stay out of the bottom. Like this isn't a world championship. No. This wasn't a, a, a cup. This was us continuing on in the league that we belong in, the league that we founded. Um, and I'll tell you what, what, what just a magical, magical night. And if anyone was ever like a casual Everton fan, I don't know how they watch that and mm. decide that they're not diehard blue forever. Mm. When, I feel like, you know, you hear these people's moments, you know, like that was the moment, that game, that moment, that goal, that time, that player. And, and I feel like that particular game 
you're right. I think there there had to be a neutral or two uh, swayed just by the like human spirit on display at that at, at the end of that one. Um, yeah, that was that's the crazy thing, and I know it was mocked relentlessly by a lot of clubs, and I, I didn't really care. I didn't really care. Yeah, we. I mean, we had a crap season, and we figured out a way to get out of it, and we didn't get relegated. And, and to be honest with you, with the results we had, you know, it was a possibility, very distinct. So I don't really care about anybody else judging our celebration. I, I, I love that the Reds tried to recreate our pre-match excitement, and they managed to catch their own uh, bus on fire. I thought that was the, just the perfect analogy of <laughs> – manufactured passion and absolutely like hey here's the team giving out flares to people like uh we need you to cheer okay yeah uh that's not what we're about um you saw the heart of this community um you saw it uplift those guys you saw it overwhelm you know the oh when richie scored you know and the the just the the, the energy you could feel, you could see it on the TV. You could feel it flowing through that mm -hmm. stadium. Um, man, special, special, yeah. special, special day. Um, um, were you, let's, let's get, let's talk about this dude and didn't stop talking about him. Were, when we, they appointed Benitez, were you one of the immediate, like, get him out. This is a dumb idea voices or were you one of the let's give him a chance maybe he's got something up his sleeve maybe he's still got maybe there's still a manager in there or were you kind of a little bit of both i'll tell you when um when he was hired i thought it was a terrible terrible idea um just because of the animosity that exists between the fan base and um and our neighbors uh, across the park mm -hmm. there and um, he had been such an important part of that and his comments about us before, that's tough to go back on. Yeah. Right, it's tough to go back on. Um, the same way that I know Alex Cora is never gonna come manage the Yankees, right? It's just, there's some, uh, there's some folks that just aren't, wouldn't be welcome. Um, yeah. and, and I think that that was ignored. I think that the, to the club's peril at certain levels. Um, they figured that history and tradition and things like that wouldn't matter. And they clearly did. Um, they clearly mattered to, to the fan base. They clearly mattered to the players. And um, Benitez had early success. You know, the, the first few games of the season last year, we were looking really good. Um, and it was gonna be one of those things like, oh, I'm gonna have to cheer for this guy. I don't really want to do that, but he, um, I don't know, reverted to form. I, I, I don't, I don't know what to say other than at times it felt like gross mismanagement. Um, losing Dinier was just such a bad idea. Um, I'm, I'm incredibly happy that Michelenko came in and yeah. the story around it is just tremendous and, you know, proud to, to have him on our side and, you know, them bringing Dynamo Kiev in for a, for a game is incredible. I think it's a great idea. Um, and I wish that um, we could do more to, to, to help. Um, at the same time, 
you know, we, we had a left back. We, we needed a right back. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and there's players like, you know, Anwar Al-Ghazi. I don't know him from anything. Like I don't, I'm not familiar with him. I don't know what he was up to. He picked up his life and moved. <laughs> to be a pawn. To, to, to move pawn. here. And I feel terrible. Like I have no opinion on him as a player because I've never seen him play. Um, no, it, I don't no, know. If, it, did he get eight minutes with us? I don't even know if he's still Billy used him. Them. Billy used him so they could get yeah. rid of his, his, uh, you know, salary so they could finish paying for Dean. It's it, it, the poor guy was just a pawn in all that. It's just yeah. ridiculous. Did he? Oh man. That was so silly. That, it, it felt like decisions were being made at that level that were intentionally damaging the club. Yeah. Um, and at, at a time where we could really not afford that, we've made some bad decisions. Um, you know, Tosin came in and, and drastically underperformed. If you look at, at the, the price that he came in at, again, seems like a nice guy. He had a, a bunch of luck in Turkey where he was home. Maybe he was just a lot more comfortable there until the, the injury. Um, just seems like it was a, was a bad decision. Um, obviously, the, the he who shall not be named, um, that never really quite worked out. Um, you know, yeah. brought in for his service and for his crosses and you got glimpses of it, but it wasn't the, the price that we paid for it. It's never no. really worked out. No, um, there was some unforeseen stuff there too. But. Yeah. I mean, that, that you, if you could see that coming, you obviously wouldn't, wouldn't sign no, that player, but definitely not. before that happened, he was kind of one of these guys that had been drastically underperforming. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I gotta, gotta say that we were expecting him to kind of be our the face you know what i mean the face the yeah. the soul the the match winner you know with either service or with a set piece you know um, he was supposed to be a creator you know and there uh, I, I i think our systems were not helping him i'll be honest i don't think we were like every time we were i don't know if we were doing what we could to kind of cater to who he is and best use his skills but at the same time um there were times where it, it felt like he wasn't super into it yeah you know uh, i mean hamas the same the same thing with hamas right yep paid a, paid a bunch of money a, a man with a touch that would make you cry like he had some of the best touches i've ever seen on a, on a pitch but wildly inconsistent seemed to be you know struggling with positioning his entire time here would have these flashes of absolute brilliance but it was almost like we didn't have enough quality around him yeah. to make it make sense you know I'm, I'm reminded of you know um Messi on those early Argentinian teams where he's out there you know bringing the ball box to box and the rest of the team's literally just standing watching him like wow yeah. Look at him go, and he's like, "Hey, is anyone gonna yeah. make a run or do anything?" <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know that we have the quality for for Hamez. Um, and I think that he also got complacent pretty quick in that he did. Um, you know that 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 system. You know him flying home early before mm -hmm. the last game that 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 rubbed me the wrong way. You know, yeah. him posting on Instagram from his private jet as he flies home. Yeah, he was injured, but. Mm. not cool I don't like you it. know it's, it's your approach to your club it's your approach to your team 
Um, mm-hmm. A phenomenal soccer player, but um, not not maybe a good fit for us. Yeah. Um, and certainly Rafa was never going to let him do anything <laughs> once yeah. he came in. <laughs> no, no, he wanted he wanted players to. He needed players that everyone that would be a part of the defensive solution, and Hamas was no part of it. So, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, it has seemed that we've made the decisions over the past six, seven years where um, you, you start to wonder, like, where did that even come from? Like, why, how, did that get, how did that get decided? Why did that get decided? Oh, yeah. And it was, um, I mean, bizarre, some of the things that we would, we would do. Um, so the fact that we were able to um, kind of mount a campaign to stave off relegation um, and I, 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 I get it. I was going to say, like, I've never lived through a relegation battle, but, but I, any Everton fan hasn't either. <laughs> you know, we, none of us have actually lived through a relegation battle before. Um, so that, that was something that was exciting that I would prefer never to do again. I don't ever yeah. want to have to do that ever again. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cause that was that was that was awful and stressful and you know I the the five nothing or five one loss we had at, at Arsenal to, to end the year I yeah I didn't even I I suspect those guys were still probably a little tipsy out on the field just yeah you know having to kick around before the <laughs> I was I was psyched I, I was psyched we got a goal you know what I mean yeah I was I was yeah. so much more into the other games that day because I saw that and I was just so blissful that it didn't actually matter that we were playing like ass i was like you know what that's yeah. okay all right to not have indigestion while watching a, a, a soccer match <laughs> really nice change of pace <laughs> so so overall um overall how do you feel about uh frank lampard as a manager and then let's let's move on to uh to farhad really quick mm. With, without without um so getting too so, upset. <laughs> um, Lampard is the manager. I, I still don't think that we know, right? Because he's had a few months. They were desperate months mm-hmm. where, um, you know, and, and back in the big Sam days when we, when we brought Sam in to, to prevent us from, from further damage, that was some ugly ass football. That was yes, just was. really miserable to, to watch, but it worked. So I don't, I don't know if, if Frank was able to actually implement anything that he wanted to do other than the desperation play of getting us to stay up. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I don't know that we've really seen kind of a Lampard team um, relaxed and playing the way that they want to play. I think the amount of pressure that was put on them immediately from day one, from January, it was, hey, this is this has gone very, very bad, and Frank has to fix it. Um, I just don't know that that there's a tremendous amount of, of change and growth that you can do. Um, and, and and clearly, there was some some inspiration that we had towards the end, some performances that that Chelsea performance was, you know, magical. Um, you know, yeah. Pickford bailing us out time and time again and, and the defense standing up strong and, and you know, sustaining an onslaught. Um, but then you've got these bizarre losses against kind of sub, you know, the Burnley loss, you know, the, the, the games where we, we absolutely 
absolutely gave away points. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know that we've seen a Lampard team. Um, it, 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 the team that beat Chelsea, the team that came back against Palace, can't be the same team um, that dropped five to uh, Hotspur. It, they're mm-hmm. just not the same team. And my fear is that Frank's still trying to figure some stuff out himself. Um, I think so. In which case, um, that'll be interesting. I think that we're going to have a tremendous amount of turnover this season. Clearly, we've there are pieces that have to go that have already left the club. Yeah. Um, and depending on what Kevin Thelwell is able to do, bringing new players in and new pieces together for us, I think that's really going to have to inform uh, the overall approach that, that, that we take moving forward. Um, I'm excited to see it. I think that we end next year in much better shape with, you know, a Wobbies emergence that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, some of our younger players really stepping up. I think Anthony Gordon had an absolute, you know, coming of age year. Um, he's still a little cultish at times. He's still a little yeah. uh, wobbly. Um, but as he grows and puts on a little bit more muscle and becomes a real force moving up and, and down those lines, um, going to be a special player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't know that we get to hold on to both of our strikers. I, I in, in my ideal world, um, we do. But a, a healthy Calvert-Lewin with Richarlson, we've seen that pairing when they're both on, and it is something really, really special. Yeah. Um, and I, I would be very excited to get to see them play together. I, I don't, I don't know that that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if we can keep one, um, you know, I, I'd love to see us at, at least try to to, to stick to that. Um, you know, I'm I'm generally optimistic. I think that we've been able to cut away some of the deadwood uh, that we've had in, in the roster. Um, the guys uh, that came in. Um, Oh my word! I'm gonna. I'm 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 Townsend, who is injured, um, mm-hmm. was having a really solid year for us for was the price right? that we, yeah. we got him for. Um, a guy that went out and and worked his uh, worked his rear end off for us and, and made some really good contributions. Uh, for me, Gray was inconsistent at times. He was um, had some some terrific play. I. I feel like uh, with absolutely no insider information here, he tried to do too much at times where mm-hmm. he was, he felt the pressure. He felt the pressure of the, the expectation from the fans and from, you know, what was going on around him and, and tried to do too much alone when he didn't have to. And um, had he just taken a, a little bit of a step back and, and worked within what the, the structure of the team was probably would have been a lot more effective. Um, but you kind of like to see a guy take that, that personal yeah. and to take it, to, you know, winning that. Um, so I, I think we've got some pieces just, you know, adding a couple of things to it and, you know, replacing from the, the losses that are, are coming that, that we kind of. Um, so essentially, uh, did you have anything else about any players you wanted to mention? Uh, and then uh, talk about Farhad's statement in terms of the way we've spent and that kind of thing. Because um, there's a there's a there's a transition there if you if you so desire. Uh, from a player standpoint, um, I think what where I'm most interested in is 
you know, what are we going to do with a player like a lot? Um, right. Who, when he's healthy and when he is um, in form is a, is a vital part of our, of our midfield, both defensively and, and in control and bringing the ball forward. So um, I've seen that different approach um, or, you know, we're, we're going to have to bring someone in of, of equal value. Um, yeah. We've got some, we've got some young guys that, that still remain really untested. Um, Michalenko was, was growing into himself uh, towards the end of the season, mm-hmm. um, but still is a young kid. He's still a very young player and, you know, with the added emotional stress of what's going on with at home for him, I think that this next year is going to be very challenging yeah. um, because of the sustained nature of what's happening. Um, and hopefully that he'll he'll have some um, kind of stability around his situation with his family and, and what's going on. And he has some, some level of comfort there. So um the number of question marks are just really uh, significant and it's, um, it's concerning. Um, oh, yeah. It's concerning. And we'll, so, and we'll go over a few of we'll those. I've written, down, I've written down some of the names of players that have been connected with transfers or some form of contract activity. But I mean, yeah, uh, essentially, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll get, I'll get quick thoughts on each of these names for the transfer window. Is there anything else you wanted to wrap up on season thoughts though? Uh, I think it was a, look, it was a, it was a trying season, um, you know, more so than anything else. I, I, I don't think I'd ever experienced anything like that, especially, um, you know, kind of remotely, you know, we didn't get to be in Goodison, but I felt it as much as anything. And I was, you know, screaming in my living room and, and throwing things across the room and, you know, the, the, the moment that we were safe, just, you know, tears uh, down my face, the madness of this, of this season. Um, that mm-hmm. said, I'd like to not have to go through that again. <laughs> I'm with you. I'd like to have uh, a season where, um, where we're growing and this mad dash of desperation. Um, yeah. Uh, I think I've got somewhat modest expectations for next year. Um, I, I think top half of the table would be an absolute win for me, considering all the change mm-hmm. that's coming. And, um, you know, just uh, I want to see progress and growth and, you know, continued success within the goals of, of whatever program that, that Kevin and, and, and Frank work on to, to implement that. So I want to have a, a style that we see growing that's exciting, that's fun to watch. Um, mm-hmm. And that we're able to, to bring in some of these young players and, and develop uh, and, and grow through. Um, you know, probably not gonna happen, but I'd love to see a, an American player on the team. Um, I got dragged on uh, on Reddit for that a few weeks back, but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to be able to, to have some young American talent. Um, be treated the way that Tim was, be treated the way that Donovan was treated, yeah. um, McBride, you know, we, we, have, we have a good tradition of, of taking care of Americans uh, in, at Liverpool. 
uh, and, and making that with Everton Football Club because um, I think it would be wonderful for the sport here to be able to point to um, a, a player. And I, I, I feel like Jesse Marsh has done that with Leeds by bringing Aronson in. And uh, um, it's a good signing. He's, um, you know, he comes out of the Red Bull kind of academy. So I, I already don't like him, but yeah. um, it's a good player. He's an exciting player. And uh, I think Leeds was really smart to, to go get him. Um, but I'd love to see uh, some American talent be brought in and, and utilized. Right. So well, with Aronson, though, at least he came from Philadelphia first and he wasn't at New York Red Bulls. You know what I mean? So yeah. he didn't go all the way through, you know what I mean? So <laughs> it could be so much worse, right? Uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and I'm, I actually, I think there is a, um, I'm, not a I'm not averse to uh, a little bit of young American talent on our team. I'll be curious uh, for the different possibilities that could, that could surface this summer. Aronson's a player I've liked for a long time, but I was worried he just wasn't built physically for the Premier League yet. Um, I was, you know, similarly to Pulisic, to be honest with you. I thought neither one of them was physically ready to, for the, uh, the demands of the Premier League because it's just, it's hard to uh, survive a season uh, and not be super injury prone. And I was worried that they were all a little on the more slight side. So I'd like to, you know, I, and to be honest with you, Pulisic has been uh, injury prone for the most part since he's been at Chelsea. So, you know, uh, yeah. I, I think the only way you're going to be able to get people excited about, uh, you know, signing a young American talent is when they start to prove themselves a little bit more on the international stage. Um, because for now, uh, we still suck, according to a lot of people, you know? And uh, trying to get we people do. excited. Uh, D DC has a kid named Kevin Paredes who is, uh, oh, yeah. I think he's 19 or 20. Um, and Kevin just went to Wolfsburg. I uh, spent the last time. Uh, he was a, a spindly little kid, but he was fast. Mm -hmm. um, he was aggressive. He was creative. Uh, and, in his attacks and you know that heart so happy to have a have an Everton parade strategy would be incredible um but I think two or three years seasoning and uh, in Wolfsburg would do him a world of good um mm -hmm. and uh or even you know get, get some other European play for American soccer and for mm -hmm. um and for what he's gonna, gonna be able to do so yeah. Yeah, I'll be I'll be curious to see where uh Thelwell and Lampard choose to go for their signings. I will say I think a big part of Lampard's uh I think Frank Lampard's uh, ability to adjust to the relegation battle, I think a lot of it came from I feel like his backroom staff is so good. I feel like he just has a really good set of coaches uh advising him. And because I, I, I feel I feel like he just didn't have a ton of, of managerial experience when he came in. So I think there was an element of him being very naive. And then 
he started growing into it. And I don't think it was just him. I think he's just got a really good staff. I think you put it all together and it's a good package deal, which is cool. Yeah. Um, and I, I think you saw players growing under him because he's a player. He's a former player, man. And he, he knew how to sit there and connect with people and connect with players and get the most out of them. So I think there's a, the, if you take the total package, I'm excited about next season. I think it's going to be cool. I think it's going to be interesting. Um, and the first signing looks like it's so close. So close. Looks like uh, Tarkovsky from uh, Burnley is uh, is about to walk through the door because I think he was getting a medical today. So yeah, that's the rumor, man. I I I struggle as an American understanding who is for real and who is not for real, right? I mean, I think that's the. Um, I think anytime I see anything in the sun, I automatically know that that's not worth, um, you know, looking at twice. Um, but the, the rumors around the trade deadlines are dude. Oh uh, man. It's amazing. They're, absur- amazing. They're absurd, Mike. They're crazy. It, it, it's. And, and sometimes when things happen, you're like, I, I can't believe there wasn't more gossip and rumor about this happening before it went down with, with all the other nonsense that's out there. So um, it's it's a little bit of Christmas twice a year where we get to find out, you know, who who is staying and you know what the new toy is going to be. And mm-hmm. um, uh, I don't know much about Tarkowski. He seemed like a, a solid defender. Lord knows we need help everywhere, so it's not like we can say no to a quality player that is coming to us for you know uh, on free and and. You know, the, I know the wages have bothered some people, but um, if he can stay healthy and perform, I don't have a problem with us paying him. Yeah. Of course, and, it's not my money, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's and it's a free, so that tends to, free transfers all, always lead to inflated uh, salaries every single time. Um, other, other players that I've heard rumors about us bringing in, uh, Harry Winks, there's one. Uh, that was another recent one. Those are the two most recent words. And I've heard about an inquiry being made recently for uh, Keen Lewis Potter from uh, Hull. Um, so that's another player. I think he's a winger, forward player. Um, then you hear rumors about Connor Gallagher, Billy Gilmore, and Armando Brogia from uh, Chelsea. Those are three players that were on loan last year from Chelsea that um, Lampard knows. Uh, recent rumors about Steve Bergwijn from, uh, you know, Spurs, uh, Dutch player. And uh, you hear rumors about uh, Christian Eriksen, which I've heard he wants Champions League football. Eh. And you know what else I heard, Mike? And I don't want to say it out loud. But I've heard, if you go on Twitter, you see all this. And apologies if you're the person who, who mentioned this out there. That this is your rumor that you posted. Uh, I don't. I didn't give you credit. I literally just scanned through this all the time. Ross Barkley. That is that is a name. That, oh no, that is not a rumor. I would start. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, not you. Uh, not not you. But I meant like somebody out there. I think posted that there's the potential for that happening. So I, I usually prefer to give people credit for their for their uh, exclusives. 
So I, but yeah, that was something someone had mentioned. So yeah. I, I gotta tell you, you know, for Ross to come back. Uh, I know. I'm with absolutely you. a stunning performance of apology and just well-written, you know, um, hey, I, I was drinking a lot back then. I don't know. I was frustrated. Uh, I'd lost my dog. I, I said something that I didn't mean. Uh, I, I just don't know his response um, the first time if he were to step out on the field. Um, I know. Yeah. You know, you, you compare that to a Rooney who we we let go, but never said anything other than kind words about the club, and it was incredibly grateful for the opportunity that he was given here, and mm -hmm. you know has a place in his heart uh, for for Everton. Um, that is not how Ross left or yeah. stayed away, and he, he cost uh, us a lot of money. It cost us I, a lot. I, I don't think that that would be successful, I, to be honest. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. Probably with you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. Any, anyways, so the rest of those, we're not sure. We'll see what happens. I mentioned it because it's been said. So there's that. Uh, so other potential outgoings, uh, Gary Mina was linked to a transfer today, potentially to Marseille. Um, Obvious rumors for Charleston to Real Madrid starting to pick up. Don't know anything about that. DCL to Newcastle, potentially. That's a thing. Um, I've heard that we don't want to sell to Newcastle, but uh, I have no idea. Uh, uh, Delph, apparently, we're not going to resign him. So he's going to walk. Alan, there's rumors he's going to potentially go I think to Serie uh, I think his contract has expired. Yeah. Like uh, just now, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, I mean, you know, the Elon part to me is actually because it, it creates a fundamental um, change that we'd have to go through. Um, you know, DCL is a tough one. Um, we haven't seen him play in a yeah. year. You know, he was on the pitch for less than two hours for us. This in you know the, the in 2022, um, he certainly seemed to be getting his form back, and boy, he had the he had the right form at the right time, right time for us uh, against Palace. But um, uh, I I would find it hard to Carlo understood what he had, and I was shocked that he didn't take him with him the first time. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, really surprised that that call didn't come sooner, but the gear that he had and the heart that he showed, yeah, I wouldn't fault for a, a heartbeat if he went on to, to Real. Um, it just, you know, that that's a that's a kid who deserves to be playing at the absolute highest level of, of football. Um, and I would wish him well, and I would cheer for him in um, in any league that he goes on to. Um, you know. He fought for us when there was no reason to. You know, he he was he's going to be successful wherever he goes. He didn't have to um, tear his heart out and, and put it out to the to the field for us. And he he yeah. did every game. Every game he walked off, just bloody and 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 left it out there. Um, so um, if we're not 
unable to keep him, which I, I doubt we are. Uh, absolutely wish him the best, and um, I'll share from our, everywhere, you know, that yeah. it goes. Um, you know, Seattle to Newcastle is, yeah. is, is tough. They, they have a bunch of money all of a sudden, and they seem to want to spend it. So if I, I think there's probably a number uh, that the team has that if, if Newcastle come close to it or exceed it, they'll, they'll pull the trigger on that. Counting on on the fact that they've got some young talent up and coming, mm-hmm. um, that's tough to say though. I mean, that would be tough to to see him in a in a different kit. Um, yes. Yeah, that that one would hurt. But uh, I don't know that he fits in other leagues as well. Just right. with what he brings to the table and his kind of approach and attack to, to the goals it's uh it's it's very much an english style so um oof. yeah yeah it, hit it could be potentially a very hard i mean I, you would think that real shows up with enough for richarlson where that takes the pressure off of us having to move on from dcl yeah um ideally that that would be you know and, and you know carlo has said some very nice things about us you know, let's see if he can convince <laughs> the pocketbook to open a little bit wider. Uh, yeah. You know, and if and if Richie has to go, let's let's get well well compensated for him and 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 taken care of on the on the back end. Yeah, for selling to a super league club, they need to pay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <You know? laughs> now the 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 champions of uh, the, the Champions League, sure, they can sell a few more T-shirts and 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 pick up Richardson for. I don't know, 80. <laughs> Why stop there? It's, <laughs> yeah, man. That's uh, I, I, a hefty price tag would, uh, would go a long way toward cushioning the blow. Uh, and I would, yeah. I would be really curious to see how we reinvest um, because that we have not done well with that in the past. Not many clubs, I haven't seen a lot of clubs that do. So uh, I'd be really curious how we go about that. It, it wasn't a question. I okay. Was, <laughs> I was just saying that uh, I, I'd love to see us reinvest, essentially, uh, to see if we can learn from the lessons of last time. Um, so, um, yeah. Uh, so that's uh, that's the. Uh, that is there anything else on the transfer window that you got? Because other than that, that's that's. Pretty much all I got. Yeah, keep keep hitting refresh on uh, on Twitter and Reddit, hoping to see some some real news, and you know, hope that uh, you know Kevin Thalwell's been uh, he's been quiet, which hopefully means he's been working hard to figure out what the right yeah. pieces are. Yeah, um, and I I really hope that um, Mashiri and the board let him make the decisions and let him make the calls. Yeah, because uh, we've we've lived for several years with uh, with some just awful awful decisions, and um, it's time to let the professionals do it. I mean, they um, they brought Marcel Brands in, and then basically took <laughs> everything away. I don't. He must have had like a like PlayStation in his office. I don't know what yeah. he was doing other than you know biding time, waiting for Farhad to stop you know messing out. Yeah, he, that must he have been took, incredibly frustrating for him because he, he knows what he's doing. 
Yeah. He took, he said, Hey, what if we get Gaultier to be our next manager or, or Grand Potter? And uh, I'm sure he's like, no, Benitez. Why would you go Rafa Benitez when you got Gaultier interest in the project? I cannot understand that, but whatever. So yeah. I, I'm like you, that, that statement that he put out, uh, that Mashiri put out, uh, it'd have been cool to, he, to hear, I mean, to, to, to see some words of like him saying, I own mistake. I, I own some of these mistakes. These are some of my mistakes. But instead it was we, we, we. And, and never was it like, hey, my bad on Benitez. My bad, you know? It was, and I talk to my the, kids all the time about the closest he came, The closest he came in the, the first part of the, the first sentence of the second paragraph is, mistakes have been made. And for that, I want to apologize to all of you. Hmm. And I felt like I needed three more paragraphs of that to really make me feel better. Um, but that's really the, that's really the, the highlight of it where, yeah. Um, clearly it, it's um, probably with the understanding of, you know, he's not going to take the blame for no. all of it. Um, he'll say it once, but he's not going to, he's going to put it on the club. The club made mistakes. We, we, we. Yeah. Um, look, you, you have a lot of this right now. In, in, in football, you've got some very wealthy, very successful, um, incredible people who have had tremendous success in other parts of their life, and they uh, maybe are a fan of, of the sport, and so they decide to buy a club as something to do on the side, and, mm-hmm. um, and you're seeing it. You're seeing the impacts of that uh, in, in, in many ways. You know, my, my own beloved DC United suffers from thing where we got ownership located you know it, it's mm-hmm. um you've got investor football both american and the epl yeah. that um this is a product for them to invest in um it's not doesn't mean anything you know but imagine that we would want an owner that would have been on the pitch with us after Palace. Yeah. We would want an owner that is down charging the field um, with the people because it's the people's club. We want somebody that that it means something to when um, when we do this. Um, and we don't, um, I don't know that we have that right now. Um, maybe he'll surprise us and, yeah. and come around. I'll tell you, Brownie looks amazing. That looks like it's going to be a very special place. Um, you know, definitely hoping to, to get to see some matches there. Um, but I, I would, and I've seen it happen here at United. They, they, they took a garbage dump of a, of a new walks and there were raccoons in the, in the, in, <laughs> in the concourses. Wow. But that place had a had a feel and an air of magic about it on game nights, and I some of the most special nights of my life have been spent on those sidelines, bouncing up and down with a bunch of of other idiots and screaming my head off. Um, and we had our we had our wall of honor there in the stadium. Wow. 
and it was there for us in the history of that club. And they, they brought us to that new stadium and they, they kind of forgot the history. And um, mm. in, in DC United at, at the field right now, they put the wall of honor, they put the, the tradition of the club and it's in a breezeway and they mm. store the garbage cans and the recycling cans in front of it when the stadium's not in use. And it's absolutely heartbreaking. That sounds terrible. And um, I think, I think all of us who wake up in the morning to see these games, who do the drives, who who fly to uh, to England to to go to to the matches, you know, if, if you're a supporter, if you consider yourself more than a fan, um, it is those special things. It's it's those things beyond, you know. It's it's cheering for the kid who who chained his neck to the goalpost, right? <laughs> and and so thankful for that kid because we won that game. Right. We want to see him again. We. Give that kid a contract, right? Put him on the ground screw and let him let's keep him handy just in case we're down in a, an important game, chain his ass back up to the, the post. It's it's these intangible things that are that are so important and and um the commoditization of of our passion has failed every time anyone's tried to do it. Uh they keep trying, they keep thinking that they can capture what's special about Everton, what's special about um, some of these other clubs, and they can't um, because it's not that. It's not sellable. It's not marketable. It's not, you know, you can put it on a poster. You can put Richie throwing the, the, the flare on a T-shirt, but it's never going to mean the same as it did watching him do it that day. And that's yeah. that thrill. And when you rewound and watched it again and you were just like, yeah! felt that that oh, yeah. is what it's a it's an asset category to these to these folks um and god knows we you know in in modern football we need we need the folks that that have money um i just want to find one that has money and has passion yeah um, that, that's I, I the sweet the, spot where where i'd love to find an owner that, that has those two. oh no i was gonna agree with you and basically say that i think one of the things that the big parts that the, the thing I, when I interview people on the show, a lot of times, the thing that sticks out to me are the people connections. And that is what it seems to me like is the most important thing about the club. It's about connecting with other people, period. Right. And that is one of the main things that I feel like if you're going to sell anything, it's sell the connection of the supporters to each other into the team, into the club. You know what I mean? That to me, if you can figure out a way to bring, and that's what I feel like they're doing with these preseason trips. I feel like that's, that's smart. That is a, that is a, a smart way to do it. You know, especially tapping into the, the fan supporters groups and getting to know who they are and letting them teach them about the community. And it's just, it's, it, it's just a smart move from the club. It's just smart, and I'm proud of it. I'm very proud of it. And when you tell me stories about it, I'm, and I'm I, proud, of, proud of the club, really. I, I, I believe full-heartedly that there are passionate people that work for Everton that probably can go and make yeah. a lot more money doing something else, right? They they have some some absolute wizards in you know their their social media and the graphics and you know some of that stuff that gets produced is, is amazing. Um, there are people that care deeply about this club. They care deeply about us. 
Um, and I think that is what keeps a lot of us coming back despite mm-hmm. some of the performances yeah. that, that we've seen through the years. Um, uh, the fact that, that, you know, we're still gonna show up, we're still gonna sing and dance and, and love uh, the, the team for what it could be. Maybe even not what it is. Um, the, 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 the end of this season was one of the greatest examples I've ever seen of a community, of, of a community of supporters lifting up this team and giving them the energy to go forward and, and, and battle, right? Mm-hmm. And we, as the, as a club, would have been saying, no, these guys haven't done it all the season. Um, they're in a relegation battle because they gave up. We're, we're not going to show up. Uh, empty seats for the, for the rest of the season. I'm not going to watch this garbage go down. Um, and that is not what happened. What, right. what happened was, you know, the, the, those fellows decided that um, w- if we go down, we're going to go down in, in blue smoke with, without voices. We're going to leave absolutely everything in that stadium and um and and you can't you can't quantify that can't quantify really special um well mike that's that's the uh that's the end of the show we're you know we're we're doing all right we made it through congratulations uh so uh a lot of fun i i i talk ever since my family and they're like, yeah, we don't know who any of those people are. <laughs> Give them pay. So, be patient. They'll learn. They'll this figure has it been out. A, a real joy. Hey, they're anytime. excited for the ball. Yeah, definitely. And uh, uh, I appreciate you coming on. I wanted to make sure I said that, Mike. Thank you so much for coming on and talking with me. It's been really good yeah, to talk to you. Me. Um, yeah, hopefully the editing makes me look uh, a lot smarter than I am. Oh. <laughs> You're doing fine. You're doing fine. Trust me. Yeah, I mean, you're on here with me, so you're going to be you're going to look brilliant by comparison. Trust me. Uh, so, but uh, I did want to make sure everybody, uh, you know, if you're in the Baltimore area, uh, you know, Baltimore Toffees, uh, Mike's Twitter information is there, but the Baltimore Toffees are easy to find on Twitter. That's not a it's not a tough thing. Uh, so uh, get active in your uh, in your community. And uh, especially before the before the big before the big Everton comes to the USA event coming up this summer, um, I do want to say if if anyone's planning on coming to Baltimore and is looking for advice on kind of where to stay or what to maybe see and do uh, before or during their trip, uh, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at Mike Sprogue. Um, I'm on Reddit the same way. Um, try to be very blunt about my social media profile. So it's pretty easy to find. Um, happy to help give uh, advice um, and steer you away from some of the less desirable parts. Um, if someone offers to give you a wire tour of Baltimore, no. we should probably just pass that. No. Uh, we'll get you to some of the good places, uh, show some good food and, and, uh, and keep you safe in, uh, in town while you're here. You, you don't need to you don't need to visit all the different past like places where Avon Barksdale slept or anything like that. There's nothing, no, no stringer bell moments. Don't. Yeah. It can't be, 
can't be a good oh. thing. <laughs> uh, no, actually, I, if, I, if I were everybody, I would take him up on that. That sounds like an awesome deal to be able to know like what restaurants and cool places to stay, neat things to do. Yeah, uh, I would message the man, frankly. Um, so uh, do my ending spiel here. Uh, for everybody else out there, uh, appreciate you listening. If you, uh, uh, if you're, we appreciate you uh, subscribing to the Toffee Blues YouTube channel and podcast. Uh, if you haven't, try it. It ain't gonna hurt you. Um, also, uh, on the Toffee Blues store, there are now uh, Everton uh, USA shirts that are uh, on the in the store. So it's basically, it's essentially, it's the U.S. national team logo, but it says EFC and there's like a bunch of different colors and they're kind of cool. And uh, uh, they recently just dropped on the store last week and it's specifically for Everton USA fans. So check that out on the Topic Boost store on the Topic Boost website. Also follow the Topic Boost on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. I think I'm done with my spiel and just under the time limit, which is wonderful. I want to thank Mike Sprogue for joining me. Mike, you're, 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 you're wonderful. And for people listening via podcast, uh, I wish you could see this man's epic beard and headband. It is, <laughs> you need it in your life. I'm just saying. So, so uh, anyway, but that's it, Mike. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. Everybody else out there. Uh, yeah. Uh, we'll try to get to another show next week. Much love to you. Mike, take care, buddy. Gary, thanks for having me in your bedroom. <laughs> Gonna have to keep remembering that one. All right. All right, everybody. Much love. Take care. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs>